What's up, everyone? This is Must Go Faster, a pop culture podcast for the people. I'm your co-host, Ben Brantlinger, broadcasting from Brooklyn. Exit game. And out in Long Beach, California, I'm Robert Denfeld. That really took me off guard there. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, in this episode, if you weren't able to tell by that uh, quip by Rob there, but we're finally going to talk about Black Mirror. Yeah. Um, The new season and kind of just, yeah, the show in general. We've been itching to talk about that for for a long time, so excited to get into that. We're also going to talk about the new uh, Netflix series, Dark. And I think first, though, we want to speculate on the return of JT, Justin Timberlake. who is The Prince of Pop. Who has, uh, I guess, the new Prince of... Yeah, I guess... Um, yeah, I don't know. I've heard <laughs> right, yeah, that. I don't know if that's right. a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, he has found his way back into our lives. Uh, Man of the Woods, a new album he has coming out on, I think it's February 2nd. It is. And this is his Friday. fifth fifth solo record. Uh, I'm not going to count the Trolls soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. It's actually his best album. It's a great it's single, best work though. Trolls. No, it's a yeah, great single. Uh, the Can't Stop. Yeah, we'll can't get into that the track later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's also, of course, performing at this year's Super Bowl, making his right. return after the infamous Nipplegate incident of 2004. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you remember where you were during Nipple? Like, I remember uh, that. Like, let me think on that. I <laughs> get hmm, back to me. I, I was probably at a friend's house watching, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I I remember the fallout and the media hoopla more than I remember watching it live. But mm. yeah, I know I saw it live. It was actually our. I saw that nipple. Good- <laughs> it was our, our very good mutual friend, Kyle. Oh, nice. setter, uh I was at a Super Bowl party with him, and he was the one who pointed <laughs> out, like, that was a nipple, nipple. that was a nipple right there. And we were like, what are you talking about? And and I think because, yeah, we weren't like, no one was expecting that, and we just yeah. kind of. Uh, how, ca- so, how could you? Anyway, um, this will be his return to that stage. And, uh, yeah, we wanted to talk about uh, Timberlake. I think I would say we're both fans of his to various degrees, yeah, definitely. Um, and kind of wanted to run through his career up into this point and kind of speculate on what this album we think is going to be or sound like. He's released yeah. three singles to date. He's released some teaser videos. It clearly, the name Man of the Woods has this, uh, he calls it, it's going to be Americana, but with 808s, it's clearly influenced. I believe he's from Memphis, so it has yeah. this. A little more he's kind of, of going for this. Yeah, that, that kind of vibe, but of course mixed with like, you know, electronic drums yeah. and beats and synthesizers. A lot of flannel shirts like so far. Right, right. So he's trying to juxtapose that one. Yes. Uh, the two, which is which is cool, but I think it's had some mixed results. So we'll get to yeah. that in a second. But, um, you know, he first announced uh, this album at the start of the new year with this teaser video. And there are moments where you, th- I thought this might be a joke. Like he's almost right. like parodying himself. Like there's uh-huh. these shots of him in like a hayfield looking out into the distance with like his <laughs> arms, his like wingspan out. It's oh, like man. maybe trying a little too hard yes. here. Um, it's like, Hey man, you're, you're Justin Timberlake. Like I, I'm in, I'm always into like any kind of reinvention that an artist does sure. usually, but sure. I don't know. I, I, I had some mixed it, feelings about it this seems a little it, there's it's lacking authenticity to me. I mean, we can get into this more with the individual songs, but I don't feel I don't feel that it's natural to him mm. and who he I mean, I don't know. Although the he personally, says it, but you know <laughs> who he really is. But yeah, and it's funny because that's what he says. I think in the video, it's like, this is my most personal album. Sure. OK, it's, so it's, it's more I'll about where I'm word. from, you know, but he could be conning us. Who knows? But um. <laughs> right. So he, I mean, I will say first and foremost, I know we're making a lot of playful jabs at, at JT here, but yeah. uh, he's without a doubt extremely talented. I mean, he's a no doubt what you'd call a triple threat. You know, yeah. sing, dance, acting. I mean, he could have been a cast member on Saturday Night Live for the last fifteen yeah. years if he wanted to. Um, he was in the Mickey Mouse Club, right? He's just someone who was so naturally gifted. Yeah. Um, even through his days like NSYNC, it was kind of clear that. If any of them were to go solo, it was kind of kind of be him. Oh. Um, I mean, it was it was Justin Timberlake featuring four other guys. Right, right, right. Well, I thought Chris Kilpatrick made what a <laughs> yeah. Um, Joey Fatone. You know, for me though, I think uh, most importantly though, I think throughout of his career, solo career, he has like pushed the pop genre forward, mm-hmm. like sonically, and um, you know, just kind of what it means to be like a male pop artist right. in this century. I would say he he's 
without a doubt, whether you hate him or not, like one of the defining male pop artists of the last 20 years. And yeah, very I influential. Think, um, Totally. He, and it is pretty remarkable how he was able to really reinvent himself after going solo from NSYNC and yeah. like appearing cool. Like he right. was, he was not what you would consider cool. I mean, NSYNC was not cool by any means. Well, um, I mean, if you were a girl, they were. Right. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. But like when he came out with his first solo album, Justified, in uh-huh. 2002, um, it was, I remember being like immediately impressed not that I was some culture critic, you know, 2000 when I was 14 or whatever. But I remember being <laughs> yes, you very were. deep impressed. down. You were right, right. Um, impressed by that this was the frosted tipped frontman of NSYNC. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, I was actually just relooking at the, you know this first album that he put out in 2002, Justified. Relooking at the track listing, I would say this record is pretty underrated. I mean, it has yeah. "Rock Your Body," "Cry Me a River," "Senorita." Like these songs um, do not sound like they're 15 years old. No. You know, if you listen, if you listen to other popular songs from uh, 2002, you know, it's a bit like like Nelly was huge, and I, uh-huh. I don't know, I just. I feel like they would really stand out, uh, like Definitely. a lot or a lot of songs from that era. I mean, it would just it'd be pretty amazing, like how dated they would sound. Yeah, well, and, they stand the test of time. That's what exactly what I was gonna say. They, I mean, you hear them now and they sound fresh and they sound yeah. like they could have come out last week, and I would have loved that, you know. And yeah, so they've really stood stood up to uh, a decade plus now of being on the radio and being singles and. Uh, you know, being very popular in in the college age range, and yeah, so I mean, they yeah, have rock aged your body at all. was played at played at many uh, house parties, <laughs> yeah, of our parties for sure. Yeah, right. It was on concertation, and even uh, I think the first single of that like was like I love you, yeah, which featured freaking clips. Yeah, yeah. Like, he had the definitely. foresight, like one of the more credible rap duos uh-huh. of the last twenty years. Well, that's got to be the relationship with Pharrell Williams and the Neptunes. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, great, yeah, great point. It, there was a lot of Neptunes production on that album. Yeah, and yeah, just the whole the whole record was made with this certain craft, and I think like just smart like choices on the instrumentation. There's kind of going back and listening to it, like a lot of acoustic guitars, a lot of like mm-hmm. organic percussion. Yeah, um, like it's like a real drum set, and it right. just has like yeah a very kind of organic feel to it, and just is cool. Like I mean, 2002, I think like what NSYNC they broke up in like 2001 or 2000 you know it latest uh, and it's just it's, it's right. amazing how much yeah it's just i don't think he gets enough credit for that really successful pivot he did where we're like yeah justin timberlake's cool now like this sure is, it this was is no cool guarantee artist. it was no oh, guarantee he oh, was gonna take was, off and be i mean justified really solidified that's a tough sentence um that he was going to you know go further than in sync and and break out and be this individual pop star so yeah it was but it was a risk, and it was not guaranteed that it was going to work. So I mean, yeah, yeah I would it say, says a lot, right? I'd say the yeah, the odds were against him of like, right? You know, when you just consider how corny a group like NSYNC was, and you know how much you get. Man, you're really hating on NSYNC. I, I have to say, I was <laughs> a bit of an NSYNC fan. I mean, oh, I uh, liked NSYNC. I mean, no, yeah. I mean, they're 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 particular tracks. But I mean, let's. I just could not... be seen dancing to an NSYNC song. <laughs> right, Don't right. let's not get twisted. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> let, let's move on for the boy band battle, yeah. but uh, we'll save that for another pod. So four years later, Future Sex Love Sounds. Yes. This is really, I mean, without goes without saying, his kind of masterpiece is by far his best work. I remember when yeah. this came out. Agreed. I mean, we were seniors in high school. You kind of forget how much of a phenomenon, like, just sexy back was. Sexy back, yeah. I mean, and just, like, the phrase, you know, I'm bringing sexy back, and yeah. how just, like, that would have just dominated like twitter if, it, if oh yeah you know it was back then and in that song is literally if you listen to it like just two notes it's just like bomp right bomp 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 bomp, bomp. it's just literally going <laughs> back and forth but i'm bringing sexy back 
the production, Timbaland's I can hear it now. <laughs> right, throughout that album was totally groundbreaking. Again, yes. like a, just a really smart uh, career choice to, for him to really partner with Timbaland and have him produce pretty much the entire album. It has such uh-huh. a distinct and cohesive sound. And I have to and, say, you know, What Goes Around Comes Back Around is my favorite Justin Timberlake song ever. Yeah, yeah. Let me paint this picture for you, baby. Yo. You spend your nights alone, and he never comes home. And every time you call him, all you get's a busy tone. I heard you found out that he's doing to you what you did to me. Ain't that the way it goes? When you cheat a girl, my heart beat a girl. So it goes without saying that you let me feel and hurt. Just a classic case, scenario. Tell his oldest time, girl, you got what you deserve. That, that is a good one. I mean, it's the whole album, front to back. I mean, I think it has... That was music. It, it it was like pop music with a very like auteur artistic bend. I mean, every uh-huh. not just the way the song sounded, but like the album name, like Future Sex Love Sounds, like right. with no spaces. Like just that is just like it was just different at the time. It's like, interesting. It's yeah. Pop artists like new. then yeah, just like weren't really thinking outside of the box as much in that in that sense. And you know, the cover is really cool. Him like uh-huh. crushing the disco ball. Um, with this boot and like yeah the song titles and the overall aesthetic is just like really cool and that album oh wait hold I, on yeah I, I said what goes around comes back around it's what goes around comes around sorry i can't yeah, yeah. get the the title of my favorite jt oh, song it's wrong. your favorite song right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right um so future sex loves i mean there's a lot more we could say about it but my it, love yeah it's a great song too Right, I mean, uh, "Love Stoned" is a great mm-hmm, track. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the "Future Sex" I think is the the title track in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, just great album, one of the best pop records of the last twenty years. Yeah, I'm sorry if that offends. I don't know if that doesn't offend you, but no, no, I I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, so he took a lot of time off. If I have my mm-hmm. dates right, uh, the 2020 experience didn't come out um, until. 2013. Yeah, March 2013. It was a double, double album. I think yeah. he, he released part one and then took several, you know, and then released the second one. Yeah, it was um, March March 2013, and then uh, part two of two came out September 30th, 2013, so about mm-hmm. a six-month gap. So 2020 experience, I'll just say it's good. Definitely very bloated. I mean, yeah. um, the double Agreed. album I don't think was unnecessary. Pretty self-indulgent. I mean, I was just right. looking at like the track lengths and it's not like, there are like over 10 songs that are over seven minutes long. You know, it, it's yeah. just very long. And I, I think while it took some interesting chances, uh, you know, musically and it was ambitious, mm-hmm. it's kind of pretty forgettable. I mean, I don't think like, when's the last time you heard a track off the 2020 experience anywhere like talked about. I don't think yeah. it didn't have much lasting impact. I mean, I think I, mirrors, I, think like, I mean, mirrors still get some run, you know, I yeah, hear that I know, on the yeah. radio every now and then. I think that's a really good song, but, mm. um, as a, as a, I like whatever. Suit yeah. How, yeah. Suit and tie is a good song. Great video by, uh, directed by David Fincher. Um, Oh really? Is that directed by David Fincher? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, didn't know I mean, that. they have the relationship from the social network, uh, which JT oh, started yeah, yeah. in. So, yeah, and, it and makes it's sense. really and is really really good, and he's really really good. Yeah, definitely. Fire. Yeah, so um, that gap you mentioned, he did he did a lot of acting, a lot of comedy. He hosted SNL a few times. Obviously, his relationship with uh, Jimmy Fallon yeah, is the history of rap. Know, yeah, the history they of did rap like sketch. Eight of those, you know. Like, uh, it, it yeah, I believe it's six bit. to date, but yeah, uh, they're those are amazing. Those are, yeah. I mean, it just shows you, especially Jimmy Fallon's musical talent. It really highlights how talented. A guy he is and, he's yeah and jt also because yeah they're both like natural performers i mean fallon yeah. he has a lot of flaws in my opinion as like a, a, you know a talk show host but sure he but he's, um, a, he's a fun guy <laughs> for something like history of rap like yeah like that yeah. is his bread and butter and it's it's awesome it, that was like some of the first i feel like viral youtube content in a sense yeah um, definitely when doing that yeah. so that brings us well, and then "Can't Stop the Feeling" came out uh, summer twenty sixteen. Uh-huh. A catchy pop song, I would say it's one that just got so overplayed, overplayed to death. Yeah. Where I don't even, I kind of just <laughs> can't listen to it. But anymore. it's a really good song. It's a really good song. And he opened the Oscars last year. Do you remember that? The he opened oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the show with a live performance of that uh, song because it was nominated for best Trolls original was, song. Yeah, was, and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, and that was best great. That was front runner. 
Oh, yeah, exactly. No, it was a great way to open the Oscars. I mean, it gave it like this new sort of young, lively feel. And I thought that was a really good, um, you know, start to the show. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. I forgot about win. that. I think that was the first yeah. time that, uh, yeah, I'm still pissed about that troll snub. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> let's get into these new songs a little bit. These three yeah, new yeah, songs yeah. off Man of the Woods. Totally. So first single, Filthy. Filthy. I will say... I think is very dope. It seems like it had a pretty polarized reaction when it, uh, you know, first hit the internet. Yeah. I just think this doesn't sound like anything else on top 40. It's got a very groovy feel, like and funky. It kind of has a lot of yeah. Prince influence, I think. Uh-huh. These produced synth- by Timbaland and yeah, Danger. Synth sounds like it yeah. almost sounds like a robot, like yelling. I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. just I I really like the way it sounds, and the lyrics I think are written with, uh, you know, the this sense of like, oh, you they're kind of like meant for like Twitter and memes and like he had that like how kind of Drake writes songs now where it's very like, repetitive. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And like in like certain lines, like, um, you know, hate is, how's that open? Hate is going like, to say uh, it's, it's fake. So, you know, so it's real. Real. It's yeah. like you, you, he, I think just had that in mind. Like, Oh, people love like tweeting out gifts yeah. like that. Hashtag you know, so like real that. or some. Yeah. Right. And there's like some other instances, but, um, I will say too, with this track, um, what do, what do you think of filthy? Are you a fan? Well, so I didn't like it uh, the first time I heard it, just as the audio of the song. I was like, eh, you know, whatever. I don't know where I'm supposed to listen to this song, and, you know, am I supposed to dance to it, or is it, like, just sort of, like, a a slow, like, mellow song? I didn't didn't quite get it, but then I saw the video. I think the song, even, even having heard it and watched the video various times, I think the song is better accompanied by the video uh i just enjoy it it. yeah exactly exactly like what the point of this song is and what it's going for and like the you know advanced technology and (laughs) japanese culture or whatever (laughs) wherever the video is shot uh very futuristic and uh so i think the video adds a lot to it and kind of made it click in for me and make sense Mm -hmm. but i'm not a huge fan of it i'm just not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing while I'm listening to <laughs> he it did and say, where um, you're supposed to listen to it. Well, he did say, it's funny you're, you're, you say that because I think he did specifically say, um, like on Twitter when he announced it, it's like, one, like this song is meant to be played. And I think even on the artwork, it says like very loud. And I right. think in the teaser video about the album, he's like, this is music that's supposed to be, you're supposed to um, listen to it outdoors. I mean, okay. filthy, like, I don't know, with the way it sounds, like it doesn't strike me as like a rustic outdoor. I mean, it feels very like futuristic and modern in a way. Let me say, as a a guy who has spent a greater than average amount of time in the woods, <laughs> these songs are not for people in the woods. <laughs> right. I, like I'm sorry. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah, yeah. all on board for this concept and and I like the path and the you know, the shift in his career. The, uh... But these are not Woods songs. I'm sorry. Like, anyway, okay. continue. And yeah. You, yeah, you do. I mean, you have, you're a camper. You, you have <laughs> right. authority here. I would never put this on around a campfire. Unless right, I right, was, right. Like, Everyone... tripping acid or something. <laughs> right. It's like, hey, let me... Yeah, it's like, I can't, like, strum my acoustic guitar to Filthy. There's no guitar. Right. You know, it's just not... Full so context, I, I've never tripped acid, but I right, imagine right. I would like to to this song. Right, right. So it's... um. I will say, a lot of music fans, and I, I noticed kind of this reaction online to this song where people that weren't feeling it and kind of this, I'm going to sound kind of like an asshole here, but like mm. this simple-minded reaction of like, it's different, like it just sounds different. It's like sure people are obsessed with the idea of having these artists um, kind of maintain their exact sound throughout their career, or at least the right. sound when they first got into that artist. And they don't really understand or realize that like 
one of the most defining, if not the most defining traits of any artist that's like worth a damn is evolution and reinvention yes. of your sound yeah. and vibe and aesthetic and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so like short-sighted and foolish to like think that any talented artist who wants any longevity is just gonna, re- those aren't, they don't just, they don't last. I mean, I could point to a thousand examples uh, of just, yeah. you're not going, you're just going to tread water. And you have to you reinvent have to, yourself. Um, Your legacy, it can't be one dimensional as an artist. Right, right. And I think Filthy was example that like, this is actually different. I mean, this is a guy yeah. who's pushed the boundaries in pop music before. And I think Filthy, once again, it, in the way it kind of sounds, right. um, some of the, yeah, the musical choices it takes uh, does that. Yeah. So that I think brings it's a, us. Um, it's a very creative song, and I I don't want to give the wrong impression that I hate it or anything. I I don't love it. I don't think it's going to go down in the pantheon of JT songs, but I think it's creative. It's a change. It's nice. Uh, it has its place. I think the video is super dope, and the the robot dancing is really cool. But yeah, you wouldn't listen to it in the woods. No, it's just yeah, well, definitely not. It, but it's not one of my favorite JT songs. But right. Um, and I've also we're gonna get to these other two singles real quick, but. I, I fully expected at least one of these songs to be like a no-brainer smash hit, but I'm just not hearing it from mm. any of these songs, man. Like mm. I, I just don't, I don't quite get them, and I'm not sure. I don't know which which of these three. Before we get into supplies and say something, I mean, do you think Filthy was meant to be? I mean, that came out first January fifth. Do you think that's supposed to be in his mind the no hit or no-brainer smash hit? Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, like, the strategy of the first single, and especially for an artist of his popularity, and yeah, I think, yeah, like, I mean, that's probably the most, I mean, between Supplies and Say Something is kind of, I mean, I don't know if the right word is accessible, because it is kind of different and out of, like, left field. Right. I'm sure they're on the album itself, and you can hear snippets of it in this this behind-the-scenes video he put out with Pharrell and Timberlands in it uh-huh. snippets of like, Oh, that's cool going to be, that's going to be a smash. Um, yeah. So I think that's actually what Pharrell was like. That is a smash. Yeah. I'm just a, like I was just a little surprised that I'm not more like when I listened to say something, which came out uh, January 25th. So just on, on Thursday of last week, um, it, I was thinking, okay, neither of these t- first two songs were guaranteed no brainer hits. I'm this this has to be it like featuring Chris Stapleton but uh by the end of it I was I was like I don't know it's not that it song, like, it's fine <laughs> that song's fine it's it's it's, it's kind of just bland it's like it's okay. unbelievably repetitive and boring like by the end of it I was like okay like I get it <laughs> and it's just it's like it's well sung and you know yeah. I guess well like arranged and stuff but it's just not yeah, very kind of just forgettable. Let, let's touch on supplies really quick. Yeah, yeah. Before, before we did this pod, you kind of got my temperature check of how I thought about these songs. And I said, yeah. supplies might be the worst song he's ever done. And I'm including NSYNC. I, I'm including anything off the Trolls soundtrack, whatever. <laughs> supplies is, when I first heard it, I was like, I can't tell if this is either like weirdly ahead of its time or just absolutely horrible. And after I listened to it for a time, I was like, yep, this is absolutely horrible. I'm I leaning mean, toward the latter. <laughs> yeah. The hook of supply, it's uh, like, what? Yikes. Are you thinking? I mean, how yeah, incredibly the, the production lazy. Is, yeah, I like the production. Pharrell Williams and, and the Neptunes, uh, or I guess yeah, Pharrell's co-wrote it. It's got this twangy it. guitar, too, that has it's like kinda, a southern vibe. Yeah, but It's kind of cool. Yeah, the but hook, But the though, song itself, it, it doesn't come through for me. You said the video was a... A sh- effing <laughs> effing s show right. <laughs> yeah. you can fill in the fill in the blanks there yeah i and mean we we ended up in the blade runner set at the end and <laughs> i was like i don't know what i just watched mm. supply yeah yeah i just <laughs> it, it, that that hook like is haunting my dreams like i'm waking up in cold sweats with like yeah yai, yai. i just it was like it. four bad videos mixed into one yeah so this new album so he's released these three songs we obviously uh, in general, aren't 
too impressed and right. a little worried. I I feel like this album, you know, I think there's I saw he released the track list and I think it's like, you know, there's fifteen songs and stuff. Uh-huh. It could be either be really good or like complete garbage. I don't yeah. think there's going to be like a lukewarm, like, I just don't see this being like, that's pretty good. Like, I just feel like yeah. it's going to be on one end of the spectrum. Right. Or well, the other. I'll say one quick thing about Say Something. I think the video for Say Something is a, a big success. Uh, it's one continuous shot uh, f- made by this filmmaker, Arturo Perez Jr. And I think the video is amazing. And I didn't love the song as I listened to it on Spotify, but as I watched it, with the video and and listen to it i thought it was really uh chilling actually and kind of emotional at the end i thought the the video really adds to it but again not a huge smash hit not a not a guaranteed uh winner but i do yeah. like the video a lot i think you should check that out um mm-hmm. and he's it's been unbelievable how he's crafted this release cycle of these songs and the videos the same day um, and then the album comes out February 2nd. Then the Super Bowl halftime show, Super yeah, Bowl 52, I mean, very... on two days later. Like, I think he's, I mean, he's dominated the music news cycle for a month now. Yeah, and he's, look, he, I mean, this is a guy who's been in, you know, pop music for the last 20 years. I mean, his, yeah, he like, gets the it. Te- he knows the team, how to do this. And the team behind him. I mean, this is all yeah. done with, like, military-like precision. It's like, it right. reminds me when, you know, Beyonce, um you know, was rolling out lemonade or, you know, they just, they know exactly what they're doing. And yeah, it's all, I mean, and he's got, you know, just the big label machine behind him and all the money in the world and has been around the block and done, you know, tons of cycles before. So, well, getting back to to the album and what you were saying about, you think it could be a, either a smash hit or, or terrible. I, I, I'm in on the concept. Like I said, I, I, I would love to hear a more sort of soulful, slowed down, mellowed out version of JT on on the album, but I think so far it really hasn't been that at all, and I'm I'm just sort of confused by it. Yeah, th- this video we mentioned behind Man in the Woods, um, it does have some snippets that do make my ears perk up, and I'm like, sure, Ooh, I me too, definitely want to hear that. Yeah, it's just I don't know. After a song like Supplies, I'm leaning towards the more <laughs> complete garbage end of the spectrum. Yeah. So we'll see. When we'll this see. album comes out, maybe we'll be made to look like fools and supplies, yeah. and these songs are more of anomalies. But um, I mean, it just shows the power yeah. of JT. We we were <laughs> we talked about this for twenty five minutes, and we're not sure we even like it. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, he is just a pop, figure. huge pop star, big sensation, and undoubtedly, we'll be hearing uh, a few of these songs on the radio for quite a quite some time this year. I mean, yeah, there'll there'll be a huge push for that, and you know the market will kind of dictate of like whether or not people want to keep hearing it. And And I'm actually really excited to see his 13 minute performance at the halftime (laughs) show. I think he's a an amazing dancer, great performer, so that that should be fun. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good halftime show for sure. So, do you want to switch gears and get into Black Mirror? Yeah, yeah. All right. So this is Black Mirror season four. Um, it was released on Netflix December 29th of last year. So right at the end of the year, uh, this season was six episodes and that now brings the total episodes to 19 for this series. Um, it, it came out initially in, in the UK in December of 2011. Season one had three episodes and then it was kind of this viral sensation in the US. Um, people kind of like whispered about it and yeah. it was you, know, you could download links to watch it online for free and that's it's actually how i watched the first episode the national anthem in 2012 i watched it on my computer at work actually don't tell anyone <laughs> you were fired um, after that <laughs> yeah considering the content of that episode <laughs> right right seriously um but yeah so this this series it's an anthology series uh created by charlie brooker um and it's based in a sort of technology technologically dystopian future of some sort um we're not quite sure at least i'm not quite sure uh if it's all this same world or the same universe and 
if there is some sort of timeline to this entire thing and if we're going to eventually find out that you can watch them in some you know master order and that's the the evolution of of time but who knows um and the the episodes are essentially standalone pieces of creative fiction um but they all share similar themes of you know humankind's relationship with the technological present and future and uh explores love and loss and manipulation power just like human instinct like i feel like it just uncovers like like if you had this kind of technology at our, at your disposal, like mm-hmm. what are most like kind of like our worst instincts or like our most basic sure. human instincts, like what right. we would do with that and, and how we'd interact with uh, new opportunities in technology and, and your life and lifestyle. Totally. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, this new season, like I said, is six episodes and Charlie Brooker, the creator of the series, wrote all six of these episodes, which I thought was interesting because he gave up the reins on some previous episodes on on season three and two. So it was nice. I mean, it really is his vision, along with a few other writers. And uh, so it's um, really I think this season really honed in on what this series is meant to be and and like i said established more of the fact that we may be in the same world and on this timeline of sorts and so yeah i i am curious to jump into a few of these episodes with you and and hear your thoughts and it all yeah. starts with uss callister episode one why don't you take oh, it? oh yeah so uss callister I I want to say I've probably seen you said there's 19 total episodes. I've probably seen like 11 of them. I haven't seen every okay. episode. Yeah, I think um, I've seen 16. I counted. There were just a few that I haven't seen. USS Callister is by and I I mean a lot of episodes I love in this show, mm-hmm. but definitely my favorite that I've seen so far. I would okay. call this a masterpiece. I I honestly like I love this episode. Um, just like the brisk like entertainment of it it just everything clicked so well when you fully understand what the storyline is of this i mean i i don't know if we want to like spoil the premise i imagine people that are listening to this have seen this episode yeah they they understand that but it's just it's just an amazing job too much but we can talk about the themes and things yeah just an amazing job at balancing like the fantasy sci-fi with like grounded characters in the real world how they're cutting back between this uh you know this game simulation that they're in and just kind of jesse plemons is kind of as the villain he's just great in everything you know from breaking bad fargo season two he was in the Mm -hmm. post this year just an awesome character actor and i he's gonna have a really fascinating career i honestly like one of the one of the best character actors working totally if you had 15 minutes to this episode i would put it as like one of the yeah put it in the theater man yeah totally and it just you know, Black Mirror in general, and really with this episode, they just do such an exceptional job of setting up this whole new story and world, these characters, mm-hmm. and have you like completely invested in them within yeah. like 15 minutes. Yeah, it's, they like, do. it's, it's a amazing. remarkable job of that. Yeah, and just it's just so smart in its ex- execution. This episode uh-huh. has super like hilarious moments, but it's also horrific and it's sci-fi and it's action. It's like a heist movie at times, right. and um. Just when you think about this plot, it's just it's a brilliant plot. Like, how did they come up? It just it I is. was just like dazzled yeah. with like how good the writing was. It's it was amazing. one of those episodes. It's amazing they this Charlie Brooker, this creator and writer, can can burn these concepts. You know, he obviously takes a lot from like video games, and you can read all sorts of articles online about the influences and little homages to games and uh, mm-hmm. you know technology that does exist now and. And so obviously he's he's inspired by things, but just to burn the concepts of these movies or these I, I call them movies, but individual episodes like any one of these could be a successful, you know, sci fi mystery box office yeah, hit, no. you know, totally. And I was um, it was one of those instances where I was like freaking out during this episode of like how good it was. I was like, this is yeah. so good like i am so in on this <laughs> yeah i had to like text i wish i had watched it with you that would have been fun yeah it was one of the and i'm sure you get these sense where like after you consume something you'll like text like five people like yeah do this do this immediately you have right. to like, i need someone else to feel feel the joy and elation right. that i'm feeling right now um so yeah absolutely love this episode valdek um, space that, fleet have we located oh, valdek <laughs> it's just man i it's just loved it 
What yeah. were some other um, like standout episodes from this season for you? So USS Callister, it's the longest. I wanted to mention it's the longest episode of mm. of Black Mirror. Uh, yeah, it's like an hour date. and fifteen, right? Yeah, an hour sixteen minutes. So that's cool. I mean, it, it obviously packed in doesn't a lot of world way. building. No, it doesn't. It flies by. Well, figuratively and literally. Um, the so my other favorite episode of this season was hang the dj episode four Mm -hmm. um i thought this was an amazing episode of television and uh it it really uh continued it was a continuation of the story and sort of the theme of previous episodes like be right back and san junipero about hanging on to love finding the right person um how uh, relationship and dating apps are going to work or could potentially work in the future, Um, you know, finding your perfect match. And I just thought it was a really successful concept. And I liked how it ended with you sort of realizing that the entire thing was a simulation. Uh, Spoiler alert. Um, You've seen the episode. And I think most people that are still listening to this portion of the podcast have probably seen this episode by this point. Um, yeah. I just, I like that one. I, I would say, I don't know, for me, the chemistry between the two leads, mm-hmm. I, I don't was know, just felt a little, I, a lot I of felt a little off, off to Oh me. really? Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. Just something about it. And I know this episode is one of the more beloved of this season and it's yeah. Yeah, kind of this, it's definitely the lightest episode they've sure. ever done. Um, mm. I was waiting. Uh, maybe. I was waiting for a really dark turn to happen just because you're predisposed to that in watching right. Black Mirror because they're all most mostly very dark. Um, mm. And I, I was kind of waiting for that. And then I realized like, oh, this is actually going to have a happy ending. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's not like, li- like I mean, it's still like powerful and emotional. Heavy. Yeah. It, but it's, it. I mean, compared to like Metalhead. Sure. Um, sure. Which by the way, <laughs> I mean, I freaking love that episode. Pretty dope. I, I feel like most people... <laughs> This Metalhead episode, my friend Zachy, who you know, he was like, we were talking about Black Mirror, and he loved, you know, USS Callister, but I was like, yeah, what'd you think yeah. of Metalhead? And he was like, he was like, oh, I don't know, I didn't, I turned it off. It was just like Terminator, but with like a mm. robot dog, and I was like, yes, exactly, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it was. <laughs> What's not and, and it was awesome. Well, it's it was forty-one minutes, and oh, it's it draws you in. Adrenaline, dude. When that so when cinematic. the dog when the guy is in the in the warehouse or whatever trying to steal turns out to be that teddy bear uh at the end um and the little uh shrapnel tracker bomb pops out of the back of the robot dog and explodes in slow motion i was like holy s like what is going on here this is crazy and then then, they're on out it's yeah it's just like you know 20 minutes of this dog tracking this woman uh robot killer dog by the way yeah maybe Yeah. yeah i thought it was great i had fun with it Totally. I mean, I love like chase suspense films and shows and things like yeah. that. And I loved how cinematic it was. The It's all shot in black and white. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what, like really cool, like monochromatic tones. Yeah. And good cinematography. Pull, yeah. Pulling from yeah Terminator, like Alien, I thought of. And it's, yeah. you know, it's yeah, violent and it's just, it's super just stripped down. I loved kind of just mm-hmm. how kind of self-contained one track it was yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it just in 40 minutes i think it's probably the shortest episode they've done yeah this um, season at least you know that this show like you have to be in a specific mood to watch it i mean you will not be feeling happy sure. after most episodes except for me after watching metalhead but i'm a psychopath so you know i'm kidding i'm not but i love metalhead and i don't know you maybe you think that's weird if you've seen no it, i do yeah yeah you did too so we're on the same page um i do think it also this show it hinges a lot on the performances like i think the performances need to be really strong which they usually yeah. are or else it kind of just takes you out of it. Like, for example, right. Arc. I don't know if you saw Archangel. Archangel, I did, yeah. I just, both the mom and the daughter, I just mm. thought it was a bit over the top mm. in the way it ended. I don't know. I just wasn't, and that just kind of like made it unravel, it unraveled yeah. for me in that sense. And I don't, I don't really love Parental controls gone wrong. Interesting concept and still good. It was a bit on not. the nose with literally beating the mom on the nose with a piece of technology <laughs> like the iPad. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it really, I mean, it was a little too literal for me in that sense of, right. you know, the impact of technology on, on people. But 
I did. I thought the concept had some elements that were interesting, but it it wasn't one of my favorite from this from this series, or excuse me, from this season or the series in general. Um, I wanted to mention. So I just watched this episode today, actually. Um, Black Museum, the last episode of this season. Um, so this this really sets up the the conversation about the world of this show and is this all within one universe and are we, you know, seeing this play out on some sort of nonlinear timeline in a single world. This episode really features a lot of these Easter eggs that have been hinted at in other episodes, but this one really, I mean, hits it, you know, right on the head. Um, literally the black museum is basically a black mirror museum that this, this one woman, this uh, female character, I'm not sure of her name, enters and sh- sort of walks around a history of the show itself and even mm, even has... meta. Yeah, exactly. It features things from this season even. So it was obviously written last and um, it's just an interesting concept and kind of changes yeah. what the series is in a way or could be. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was a fascinating exploration of what the series is itself and it was kind of like it was kind of i mean the 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 episode had its faults and was kind of three episodes packed into one i called them the pain addict the monkey mom and then the electric chair fantasy uh it's all it's like these three different stories and they're kind of a mess at times but it was just a cool concept and kind of brought together this this theory that a lot of viewers have had about this this universe Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting i haven't seen that episode yet but uh i i definitely will will it's worth watching Um, definitely i wanted to say uh just tell a quick story about like my first kind of experience with black mirror a couple years ago i think the first episode i ever watched was at your old place oh when you're used to living when we watched white bear i think you had seen it and you were like yo have you seen black mirror and i was like no. yeah was like, we're watching white bear and okay. i remember just being like it was quite a visceral experience yeah. so i remember like taking some time off from it after that i was like yeah that was powerful but like i don't know if i want to dive into whatever right. that was and watch 11 more of them so but, um, uh, an example of something in this black museum is that hunter's costume from oh, the, the white bear episode yeah the mask yeah. that's in that museum and other things so i took some time off from black mirror and then <laughs> yeah. I remember my, my brother rightfully uh, so my brother really recommended that I get back into it and yeah. start from the very beginning. So he mentioned the pilot being about kind of this, uh, you know, this twisted ransom um, being held over the prime minister uh-huh. of uh, the UK um, of Great Britain. And I thought like, oh, that sounds intriguing. So we watched this episode called the Na- National Anthem uh, with my girlfriend, Becky. Mm-hmm. And let's just oh. say um, there are Great some events. Night. Yeah. <laughs> There are some events that unfold in this episode, particularly the ending. She stormed out of the room, got like legitimately like pissed at me. Yeah. At at me. Like, and I I mean, I was just like, hey, I I didn't write it. Like, I I didn't know idea they were. Somebody told me to watch this this far. (laughs) And oh, man, I wish you would ask me first. I would have told you, I would have forewarned you. But it's just like, I remember, yeah, telling her, but yeah, oh, thanks for the wreck, bro. Now my girlfriend's pissed at me. Yeah. yeah. Like, why do you tell me? What was going to happen? I don't even want to like explicitly say it because it's disgusting, but I don't know. Just the natural It anthem. involves a pig. Watch that episode with caution. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're keeping this a PG podcast, so we can't right, get into right. too many details. So yeah, we've recovered since then. So I I will say Black Mirror 2, like, I just think it's the most original and creative show on television. I think Atlanta comes to mind. Like, I would say Atlanta and sure. Black Mirror are, which mm-hmm. I know that's coming back soon and we're going to definitely be talking about that but i just think it's just really awesome that this show exists i love the Mm -hmm. anthology style of it um where you know every episode is an entirely new story with new characters and i think it also just excels when it feels like most believable in the sense that it's like it's like within our grasp of reality yeah not too far off from where we are currently with technology it's really smart that the show does kind of in general i think take place like in the near future like like 20 yeah. to 30 years in like a lot of ways like you could see 
it's not like this is in the year 4000 no there aren't like you know, flying cars uh, you know and and those like sci-fi tropes that you see a lot so it does like kind of hit home like oh man we're not too yeah. far from this and you can already yeah, see it's like people are just driving to work and they have this different piece of technology yeah it's just in a very exaggerated sense and kind of just how that collides with our human you know humanity's darkest instincts yeah. um it just what are some of your favorite episodes of the series um, overall so yeah i mean uss callister is probably my overall favorite okay. um i do like uh the entire history of you me too that's I, in my top three yeah yeah I, I i watched that one for the first time um about like a month ago mm-hmm. uh nosedive i think yeah is yeah with, that's uh, a really good one was that with, bryce, uh, dallas, bryce howard? dallas howard yeah yeah that's one where it's like uh, we're living nosedive right yeah now. totally. <laughs> that, like, that one i think it was actually written by rashida jones or co-written that one seemed like oh yeah i mean i, I think i really that. hope we never get to that point but it seemed like it wasn't that far away from what we're currently living through with like yeah. the likes and yeah the r- personal ratings and things that's scary especially yeah. what you hear about like companies out there are doing may implement these like Yelp reviews for employees and you can like rate your coworkers and stuff like, man, that oh. is a, that is a scary, uh, proposition to me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've heard of something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it, I think this show, it just really hits like nerves. It, it makes you yeah. feel like things like way, way down in like your stomach. I don't right, know. There's just right. like a way of just like, it just really bone chilling. Yeah. So, um, yeah. those are, those are probably my, my favorite. Okay. What, what about you? Well, I love, uh, the entire history of you from season one and then, uh, be right back, uh, starring Haley Atwell and Domino, Domino Gleason. And, uh, season three, my favorite was San Junipero. Yeah. Uh, the one an Emmy, right? It did. Yeah. 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 Um, that, that is a very beloved was. episode again, yeah. kind of like, with hang the DJ or don't hang similar the DJ, to hang the DJ um, yeah is emotion yeah not necessarily dark I mean it has mm-hmm. some like morbid angles to it sure. but it's uh it's just like a little very more hopeful yeah. yeah heartfelt like kind of bittersweet you know in a way yeah um, and this I wanted to say that this season this six episode run was a little bit tedious uh, at times and a little bit difficult to get through I think this show kind of benefits from spacing it out i don't know if it's really oh, if you binge meant black mirror be you're a weirdo yeah yeah you're gonna be in a you... weird place if you watch oh. all these episodes in like two days that that's gonna be a weird weekend for it'd you it'd be like <laughs> watching like clockwork orange on repeat like yeah for three you know for six hours i like, mean who would maybe not maybe not that harsh but uh, <laughs> close to it i mean there's some there's some crazy stuff in these episodes but yeah i think uh it, it would benefit from maybe spacing it out in over the course of the year and, you know, save one or two for later on in the summer or something. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get six more episodes. Yeah, it'll definitely keep going. Yeah, yeah it's a definitely a huge success. So do you want to wrap things up with uh, with dark? Yes. You want to get dark? Uh, yeah, so Dark Season 1 um, released on Netflix December 1st of last year, 2017. Um, and this is a really cool show because it's Netflix's first ever German language series. Um, it's a 10-episode series uh, created and directed by, excuse my pronunciation, Baron Bo Odar. Your German and, better be perfect right now. Yeah, Baron Bo Odar and then... John T. Friese or Fries, and they are actually a husband and wife. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, Baron is the is the man. <laughs> so uh, John T. is the the wife, and she wrote the series. And I'm sure they collaborated and sort of wrote it together. Um, so this series uh, starts with a quote, an Einstein quote: "The distinction between past, present, and future is only a stubbornly presented illusion." So that I mean. The, it's a comedy. This is a sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, it's a sci-fi show, and it takes place in a small town of Winden, Germany, where apparently you can get anywhere with a short walk or jog through the woods. 
Yeah, um, yeah, it does seem like a pretty small <laughs> town in a way. Yeah, and I don't know where how these woods are constructed <laughs> and where the houses are, but apparently you can get anywhere just walking. <laughs> um, and everybody drives an Audi or a Mercedes because it's Germany naturally. Yeah. Um, a lot of parkas. And so we're <laughs> yeah. Oh, so much rain and so. I many, like uh, the rain. You know, I like yeah. rain. I am. I, right. I dig the amount of rain in this show. <laughs> One of our favorite podcasts, uh, The Watch on the Ringer, Chris and Andy. Uh, they they pointed out that these these people are wearing like upscale Patagonia at its finest. Like, <laughs> right. Where where are these people getting these jackets? Like yeah, I need yeah, yeah. I need this jacket. Right. Anyway, um. So yeah, we're we're introduced to this town of people and families and these interconnected relationships, and we slowly learn of this powerful force that's influencing everything happening around them and the the shift of time we eventually learn about so i have seen this entire 10 episode run ben has only seen the first three episodes so this is going to be a you know spoiler free ish uh talk discussion um but basically the show is about this einstein theory that time isn't linear but rather a circle time is a flat circle uh wormholes the potential of traveling through time how that impacts the past the present and the future you can't change the present because it already happened or you can't change something that happened in the past because the present is current uh it but (laughs) you sound like you're going insane (laughs) like literally uh and so the story's questions are slowly revealed and then even slower, slowerly, uh, even slower answered, uh, but with a clock like clockwork like precision. And you haven't gotten to this point yet, but there is a lot of clock making and building and time machine stuff that happens in the, the coming episodes. So it's a fascinating series. It's uh, mysterious and compelling and dramatic. And at times I felt sort of hypnotized by it. And I don't know if that's the writing or the fact that it's in German. And yeah, so German it. subtitle, that's probably um, something I don't know if we've pointed out. I mean, we said it's in sure. German, but yeah. German right. subtitles, um, or it's, well, you know, the entire... English, English right. subtitles with German audio. Yeah. I watch with German subtitles, actually. <laughs> right. Um, Man, this must be super confusing right. for yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, I can confidently say it's the only hour-long German drama I've ever watched. Um, Me too. But it is... But I'm glad, I'm glad to have it. I, I hope Netflix keeps finding these little gems from around the world and, yeah. and giving them to American audiences. I mean, so I've noticed, it opens um, up a lot of possibilities i've heard a lot of comparisons like people said like it's kind of like stranger things meets lost and that comparison does make sense i would say it's obviously a much darker tone than stranger things there really Mm -hmm. isn't any humor in this i mean at least in the first three episodes i yeah there's not much i'm not gonna lie (laughs) um i think it could use a little bit more humor but the lost comparison i mean there's a lot that reminds me of Lost, um, not just yeah, the time travel. Yeah, I think that's but... the number one influence, in my opinion, and yeah. uh, and what I compare it to the most. And you, it's I'm glad you said the Stranger Things comparison because it's been getting a lot of those, uh, you know, uh, comparisons. Just mostly because of the nostalgia factors and like the the well, and like kids going missing and yeah. there's a lot of bike riding and there's yeah. a high schooler. There's a lot of kids involved in the. Well, the show and, yeah, once you get into um, the, the time travel and the 1986 portion of the show that, that enters into a lot of the nostalgic elements. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the I read some articles which featured interviews with these two uh, creators and they said their their style, you could compare what they were going for, really, in terms of storytelling and filmmaking styles is more more of along the lines of David Lynch and David Fincher and kind of pushed back on that Stranger Things comparison. And I found it to be rather unique and pretty freaking original. And I mean, there there are elements of Lost in there, but uh, I think I think it was a really fascinating series. And I found myself, I, I'm not going to spoil anything because like, like we said, you haven't seen all of it, but um, I found myself quite confused at the end. Um, just thinking like back, ambigu- yeah. Ambigu- well, no, just thinking back or just on like when, ask a lot of questions. 
well, it does answer a lot of questions, which I was really happy with, which makes it different <laughs> than Lost. But um, it it just thinking back on like when something happened in the series, I was like, man, I don't really remember like who that happened to or when, which period of time it happened in. And I think that was a really successful uh, writing technique um, because that's what the series is about, is about these uh, three time periods based on the the solar year versus the lunar year. I won't get into that too, too much in the, the 11 day lag cycle, which every 33 years equals one year. Although that doesn't equal 365 days. So I don't quite still understand it. I did a lot of research, but I, I don't understand yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, people that yeah, have the, seen all the these German episodes will be with me. <laughs> if you haven't seen any of this, like Rob, you do sound like, yeah, I'm actually um, in an asylum <laughs> right now recording <laughs> yeah, live in a straight jacket. Um, yeah, the German subtitles, I, I do, I don't want to be that part. Like I, the thing about watching something sub, you know, with subtitles, and of course I have no problem with it. I, I love reading and I love, you know, I, you know, have no problem with like foreign films or anything, but it is like, if you don't pay attention, if you're like mind yeah. lapses for like 10 seconds, you're like completely lost. Yeah. It's like you have to, I found myself having to kind of rewind, like mm. go back 30 seconds Definitely. a few times and making oh, sure I, did I got that a lot. everything. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, it's just, that is a big part of the show that I think, you know, people that are considering watching it. I mean, it is the entire thing's in German. And I think there is an option where you can like d- have English over. Don't do the dub. That sounds like an awful yeah. decision. I've heard they're, um, they're really well done dubs, but you, yeah. you totally lose you the, the actor's performances. Yeah. And, but I think it does, it, it forces you to be really engulfed in the story and, and watch every single scene and interaction. And, you know, it's good. I think it's good for especially American audiences that you have to go back and, you know, go back to a time when people really focused on the the thing happening right in front of them on the TV rather than looking at their phone and making sandwiches and, you know, talking to friends and stuff. Uh, I, I like to make now. a sandwich while I watch TV. What can I say? <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think, think it's, um, it, it's nice. I enjoyed really focusing in on it. Another aspect that it reminded me of Lost is like, do you remember Lost used to do this all the time where it's like, this buildup of like sound, like, yeah. and then it yeah. cuts to the next scene and it's silent. It's great like they, sound design in the show. They love doing that. Yeah. yeah. I also appreciate the length of this show where, mm. I mean, I mentioned hour long. They're actually like between 40 and 50 minutes. Yeah. And I found that to be kind of a pleasant surprise where keeps it tight. There is a big difference between having like a 45 minute show versus an right. hour. Like, yeah. it really matters. And I think it makes it more digestible in that sense. Um, well, yeah, and every just, scene means something. You'll learn this as it goes yeah. along. Every, it's very, like I said, clockwork, like precision and very right. German engineered uh, in that way. <laughs> yeah. Like a fine automobile. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, there's just tons of mystery. It's made with a lot of confidence, I would say. Definitely. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm digging it. I'm, I'm excited to see the mystery unravel. I know there's a lot of, secrets and you don't mm-hmm. know in the first three episodes you know you have a sense of yeah what's you're really on, jumping but... in you're gonna the f- episodes four five six seven eight nine ten or i mean like it you're right at the point <laughs> where you jump off the cliff and you're in it and you're gonna you're gonna knock out this series very quickly once you sort of once it sort of unravels what exactly is taking place it really it really gets the ball rolling and it's it's great the momentum is amazing i thought episode 8 was my favorite uh, i'm not i don't have the title off the top of my head but really compelling amazing episode of television um i wanted to mention the intro song really quick uh we're close to wrapping up here but i love that intro song how do you feel about it it's uh it's called goodbye by apparat featuring soap and skin <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I really like that opening yeah, credit yeah, yeah. sequence. For Yeah, yeah, it's good. I guess I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got I got into it more as the series goes on, and you see, you start to see what the shots are, like cutting open yeah. the bird, etc., and all those. It is weird... kind of a psychedelic. Yeah, you know, opening. You know, it started credits. to really hit home as the series uh, reached its conclusion. But yeah, I mean, I love you. Shout outs to Ulrich and uh, Charlotte and Helga Doppler and Jonas Conwald and Bartos and Regina. 
Tiedemann. I mean, just to name a few of these characters, <laughs> shout out to Claudia. Don't sleep on Noah. Okay. Um, just watch out for Noah, man. That's all I have to say. All right. I will watch out. I will <laughs> yeah. watch out for Noah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're going to love the end of this series and my crazy rambling has concluded for this series. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, check out Dark. People listening, uh, hey, is, check out Dark. It is a it's ri- really original, like we said, Stranger Things. Like I would say, definitely if you're a fan yeah. of Lost, this is going to be right up your alley. And well, in this show, th- I, I forgot to mention this earlier. This is a show that people. I had like ten friends or family members um, text me specifically to say, "Have you watched Dark yet?" So I was like. No, I haven't, but I guess I have to. Like, it was the first show in a while where I had just random people asking me if I've seen it. So that's that's cool. I'm glad it's uh, sparking a lot of conversation. Yeah, and kind of just came out of nowhere and has being on Netflix has this huge built-in audience. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how if that kind of like a snowball effect and more and more people are going to start watching over the next few. Months I really hope like so. That. Yeah, and I hope I hope this influences Netflix to keep reaching out for these uh, international shows and bringing them to audiences worldwide. Definitely. So I think that's going to do it for this episode of Must Go Faster. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. Uh, reminder as always, spread the word. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All our episodes are on our website, mustgofasterpod.com. And uh, yeah, just spread the word, share it with anyone that you think may like it, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening.